Episode number 205. My name is John Morgan. Is Cold that it? coffee is in the house. 205 is it? Is that it? That's it? That's it? Come on, man. That's strong. <laughs> 205 consecutive weeks of mixed martial arts discussion coming at you. John mm. Morgan, Cold Coffee at the spiritual birthplace of the MMA Roadshow. Buffalo Wild Wings at Warm Springs and Durango. It's a classic, classic spot. And uh, for that, we brought a very, very special guest. What up? Canada's. Post Media, wait, no, Post Media Canada, it's Danny Austin, I don't know, he does Both were wrong, I, I work for a company called Post Media, I'm Canadian, that's like what it comes down to. Danny Austin, you know him, you love him, friend of the road show, Danny Austin, it has been a long day, fellas, it has been a long, uh, we always sit down and do this on a Thursday night, it's a little later on a Thursday night than we might like to do it, but... Uh, a busy day, man. A lot going on. We'll, we'll get into all of it. And just to, to kind of frame it up, basically we had UFC 235, uh, open workouts today, scrums as well. So the top six fighters were there. We got to do all that. This is on the heels of media day yesterday. And then the folks at one championship, very wisely I might add. I mean, this is this is smart, man. They put together a media day and, and it, right here in Las Vegas. It was at Extreme Couture. Um, and basically not only did they just announce it, I mean, they aggressively – marketed it to, to media and said, listen, if you're going to be here, come be here. And you know what, man? And and I know nobody from the UFC will say this on record, but I even heard some people from them behind the scenes saying, hey, kudos to them. That was a smart play, man. I mean, you know there's media here. Why not do it? Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that I thought it was perfect in execution necessarily, but they brought in Eddie. They brought in Demetrius Johnson. Uh, they brought in Vitor, who they announced had signed. Um and, like, that's enough. We're all going to go out for that. Yep. Like, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was great. And to be honest, I mean, I'm not someone who's going to write a lot about one championship, but it's right there, so I go. Yep. And, you know, they're going to get some mentions in my copy over the next couple of days. Like, that's kind of all their, their point. It couldn't have been – it was worth it financially, whatever they spent. I agree, man. It's they smart. They spent some money. They brought a satellite truck just to stream that. Like, looking at the camera and the production on the inside – was not the greatest, you know, like you saw a lot of the back of your guys' heads right. for the stream or whatever in the open workout or whatever. But they, they put some money out for Still this. Still pretty they impressive. The setup they thing. built in Extreme yeah. Couture, I mean, that is not a big gym. And they came in yeah. there and decked it out. So, all right, we'll, we'll get to all that in a Piping, second. Piping, draping, and everything. I do want to say, yeah, I know, the first thing I noticed when I pulled up was the satellite truck. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. So, I want to get to one championship because, I, 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 you know, as you said, some things they could have improved on, but some things that were good. And I want to get to that because, in, in fact, I think we're going to spend more time talking about it than I originally anticipated talking about because it did feel like a lot of those guys, you know, the, the leash was off, so to speak, and, and they were speaking their mind. Once uh, they got to the scrums. Once they got to the scrums. Yeah, yeah. In front of it, it was, it was, it was a different story. But, uh, but So I do want to talk about that. But I guess uh, let's start with, with USC 235 because it is, it is a big, big card, no question about it. Um, I, I will say our, our traffic as a, as a whole isn't just crushing it. I mean, but – it is a big card. I mean, it's a, it, first of all, it's a quality card, top to bottom. I think maybe at the top, it's suffering only because people aren't giving Anthony Smith a chance, and I guess that's understandable. I mean, John Jones, arguably the greatest of all time. Anthony Smith, the somewhat unheralded contender. Uh, if you're a hardcore fan, you've seen him. You've watched his rise. He's been around forever. Uh, listeners of the MMA Roadshow will definitely know we've got a history with Anthony Smith. Uh, I mean, it's 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 amazing likeable to see guy. this guy. Likeable, likeable guy. Likeable yeah. guy. So I, you know, I think that's probably part of it. I guess. 
we got to get to the picograms, and we'll get to that in a second. But let's just talk about the matchup itself. Danny, I mean, you get to pick and choose a little bit of what you cover, when you cover, because obviously you're tied up with, with hockey coverage. You're tied up with Canadian football coverage. So it's not like you're on the road every single week. So you got to pick and choose a little bit. So this matchup, does it capture your attention? Is it What is it? Is it is it about the GOAT being back in action? Is it about this potential huge underdog story? G give me your take on it. I mean, it's largely the GOAT being back in action. But, I mean, it, it's one of the things that I was really – wrestling with because when I told people, oh, I'm coming to Vegas for this card, John Jones is fighting. I will be honest that a lot of my sort of casual MMA fans who are, you know, it's anecdotal. I don't know if it's the best barometer, but but they admitted that they didn't know who Anthony Smith was. Right. And at first I was thinking like that was a negative. And then I looked at myself and I was like, what are we doing here? I c we're, we're complaining that there's too many champion cha versus champion matchups. And then we have a legit guy who has earned his title shot. And maybe who cares? If no one else knows about him. Right. This is the right fate to make at the right time. And I, I believe Anthony Smith is the guy who should be getting this title shot right now. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I think it's a great matchup. Do I give him much of a chance? I mean, I give him as much of a chance as everyone's got a chance in a fight. And I do respect what he's done recently. Um, but, I mean, having John Jones's name on it certainly helps. But in both this case and the welterweight fight, I believe that it's, it's guys who have earned their shot. And maybe they're not huge names yet, but that, that, that may be the way I want MMA to work. There's something to be said for that, man, because, you know, this super fight phenomenon that I guess Conor McGregor started, it's, and I hate to, I mean, of course the big fights are big. You know, we were saying last week how amazing if we'd have finally been able to get GSP and Anderson Silva, how that yeah. would have been. But now, super fight, it's being thrown around too loosely. Guys are winning one fight, defending their title once, and they want to move up a division. And I, I get it, man. I understand who doesn't want that image of the, the belt on each shoulder? It's a I cool mean, image. It's a cool image, and I'm sure it gives you – I mean, it gives you options. You know, if, if there's a really good number one contender in one division and a not-so-good number one contender in the other division, take, take the not-so-good one, I would think. The yeah. problem is when that's not what's happening, right? right? And I think that's where legitimately – I mean, like, if you look at bantamweight, and we all know – Marlon is is the next right. It should be next. Should be next. And now we're sitting here being like, well, are we holding up that division? I mean, what's for for a rematch between TJ? Like that's where I, I think that it's frustrated people. Yep. So when we just have John Jones, who for all of the frustrations we've all had with him over the years, is just being like, no, I'll fight the next guy. It's probably not going to be the biggest payday based on points on pay per view that I've ever had, but I'm going to fight him because he deserves it. And from a sporting perspective. I'm going to do the right thing, which I do believe he had a choice. I mean, of I'm course. And, and he did it, and I, I respect him for it, and I, I, I'm happy we have this card based on that. I think you make a – it is a great point. This is the, the right fight to make, even if it's not the biggest fight to make. And that's 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 rewarding. That's refreshing to see. They're making the fight that is, should be made. And, and I like the fact – first of all, John Jones, how great has he been this week? I mean, just night and day versus last heckled time you, around. Heckled you today uh, before, we made, before we went to the uh, – Open workouts. Yeah, you're right. You heard, you heard this, fuck Morgan. Or, <laughs> fuck you, Morgan. And then said I something like, else like, Morgan. Like, and I assumed it was a, another journalist that had just left the, you know, the, the Wolfgang Pucks was, was heading towards a thing. And then we turn around and, of course, it's John oh, Jones. No, that's the light you. heavieweight champion of the world. <laughs> and <laughs> F you, John Morgan. I was like, ah. Yeah, he's, but with he's, a smile. With a smile. And he's like, you know I'm kidding. Yeah, he's, he's cracking jokes. Yeah. How about at media day yesterday? When he stays late, I mean, everybody's gone. He's the last guy in yeah. there. That's do, probably why I did one it too. Doing one-on-ones, yeah. doing doing everything. That's not. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give an hour. I'm gonna I'm gonna set it, give you an hour to go around and get as many. And I'm like, it was a decent crowd. I mean, and with that that time, he literally 
could have went and probably did go completely around it. So that was. That oh, was I don't great. even know. I'm not. I'm not even talking about today at the right. Oregon. No, oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Today with the fans, he took a picture with literally every Everyone. fan that was here. Yeah. I'm talking about yesterday at the media day where there's no public there. Right. And he's staying late doing extra interviews. I mean. Yeah. That's. He doesn't usually do that stuff. He's yeah. busy. You know what I it mean? Was, it was funny there. I remember uh, even thinking yesterday there was a point where I went to go collect my camera. I was like. There wasn't, like, media there. There wasn't, like, a large one. He could have easily walked away and just been Absolutely. like, I'm done, you know. But he was like, who wants to come up? Who Like, who's left? You know, like, he was there for so long that actually everybody, yeah, got to him. And normally it's like, you know, damn, we didn't get the chance to get over to, to so-and-so because of the line. But, yeah, it's neat that he, that he stuck around. But, yeah, it stuck out to me today when he was just like, I'm going to give an hour. He's like, I'm going to get around to get your phones ready, whatever. Like, let's just do it. You know, it's frustrating because I want to see him work out. I want to see, yeah, but, wanna see but it's like, but he doesn't work out. He never works out. He, you like, know, he used to, but like, he used to, but, but now it's just like, eh. But it's like, we want to see how it looks. I thought he might to today see. because he's been in such a good mood. Yeah, you know what I mean, I think he usually doesn't because I just think he's kind of over it. Yeah, but I thought he might because he's been in such an and incredible mood. I, I mean, I, I'm, I've never attended an open workout as a fan. I sort of assume that I'll, like it's it's 50-50 where 50% of why they do open workouts is for us to get B-roll for for video that's right well that's like, how we think about it i know i'm always like i'm like why didn't I, they work out well, for me but they the debate UFC's internally like, is it a media event or is it a fan event yeah. they, they they do debate internally right. because they used to not do the scrums you know they would do and, and you know yeah. the really big oh. events they don't do the scrums i know you hate it yeah uh, like, well i don't hate it if it's on thursday but i hate <laughs> it if it's on wednesday right if it's on the first day of media day. it's a waste of a day if it's the first day but it was thursday we had media day on wednesday so i literally like I, I, I skipped scrums. I'll be honest with you. I didn't right. go in with Robbie Lawler because I had other work to do. I was at hockey this morning and then came here. God, busy so, day, man. Uh, well, well, your day's been even longer than ours, man. I'm sitting here complaining about our day. All right, well, I largely spent the one championship thing making jokes about <laughs> <laughs> the host of one championship. Oh, we, we will definitely get to that. Uh, all right, so John Jones is in a phenomenal mood. Uh, it's great. Today in the scrum, he did say, you know, kind of talking about, as you said, fighting the right guy. He's like, I want to do this. You know, I, I, you know, he's like, I fought a lot of people. You know, now I'm starting to get people that are younger than me. And he, he did say, you know, I don't think he's convinced on the idea of going to heavyweight. You know, he said, listen, I could go to heavyweight at some point, you know, but it's, it's dangerous for me, man. Those guys are bigger than me. You know, if I'm going to get heavily paid for it, cool. But if not, let me take on this younger generation. He mentioned Corey Anderson. Uh, he mentioned uh, Johnny Walker, which is the first time, you know, before he said he didn't know Johnny Walker. Now he mentioned Johnny Walker. Did he mention Tiago? Uh, he mentioned Tiago as well. Yeah. He didn't mention Dominic Reyes. I was wondering if he'd throw that okay. name in there because that's certainly one I think we all have on there. Absolutely. But it's cool to hear him saying, like, no, give me those guys. Like, yeah, maybe they're not the stars, but I want to, you know, I want to beat everybody. Yeah. I want to face everybody. So I, I like that. And that's sort of my measure of, of what the greats have done in, in throughout UFC history. Is I mean, Anderson got to the point where literally, like, the UFC couldn't find a, an opponent for him. Demetrius got to that point. See, GSP sort of oh, got to it. You said it right there with Demetrius. That's the only thing that I'm scared of is that if he does that, then does everybody start going, yeah, but the division sucks. It's like, yeah. you know, Demetrius, are you telling me the flyweight division is bad? Of course the flyweight division is not bad. You know, those are great fighters. But when you beat them all, now all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't that good of a division to begin. That's the only thing that scares me is that, is that people are going to say. I do think because John has the respect coming into this stretch where he can do that, like I think that that would influence that perception a little bit. But I know what you're saying, obviously. Right. Um, but, I mean, for me, like – I, listen, I'm a loyal listener to the Roadshow myself. Yes, but I know you talked it. about it. I mean, with Tiago, like, why I want to see him is the Anthony Johnson thing. That's I never it. feel like we got it. I, I know that he's willing to take a shot and throw a way bigger shot right back at you. Yep. I mean, that's like that's the fight that I want to see. And Anthony Smith is 
is not quite at that level for me. I agree. I, I heard somebody bring that up at some point where he's like, hey, Anthony, aren't you kind of like the, the Anthony Johnson fight that didn't happen? I'm like, ah. He's not quite. He's not quite, man. I think Tiago Mejeta Santos is is the Anthony Johnson fight that we didn't get. So I, I anxious, I'm anxious to see that. All right, let's talk about Anthony Smith real quick. Uh, I, I don't know how much time you had spent around him before this week. I'm imagining not a, a ton of it. But, I mean, you know. Here and there. Yeah, the, 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 you know, listen, I, I've told the story a million times, but the thing that stuck with me from that first meeting I had with him when he was a regional fighter on a four-fight losing streak with a losing career record, and he walked up to me and introduced himself and said, you know, I'm going to be fighting in the UFC, and I'm – the thing that stuck with me, because I didn't know anything about him, and I looked up his record after he walked away, I didn't want to do it while he was standing there and be rude, was the confidence that he carries with himself, man. The, 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 the self-belief that he's well-spoken, he's, you know, but, but the, the confidence. You can sense real confidence, real self-belief versus a guy trying to hype himself up. And this dude carries real self-belief. And uh, I, it, I don't know, man. It, which is, it, 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 I, I sense it when I'm around him. Which is, I think it's part of what makes him a compelling interview because he knows what we're saying and isn't particularly mad at the media for, for writing him off and addresses us specifically. I mean, you never feel – I mean, I know Oscar was, was fully open. He was like, I'm picking John in this fight. Right. To Anthony Smith because Anthony was like, I wish the media would just – say, I am picking John Jones instead of everyone's picking. So Oscar was like, okay, I'm picking John Jones. Let's go. And they had a great interview and all yeah. that. Um, he, a, I like that he seems like a real person. B, he has that confidence. And, and, and genuinely, I mean, there, there are certain cliches that when certain guys say it, you're like, okay, no, I believe you. And when he's like, look, if I focus too much on John Jones, I, I'm not going to fight my fight. And he was like, the only way I win this fight is if, if I fight my fight. And he was like, and I believe that my fight – can beat John Jones. Bro, you're so right. I, I think of, like, the, the number of times I saw people fighting Chris Cyborg yep. that, that would, like, well, it's, it's just a, a woman in there. It's just, you know, I'm not fighting a Cyborg. I'm fighting. And you're like, you are so just telling <laughs> yeah. yourself that right now. Yeah. Like, and the minute she hits you, you're going to change your mind. But, it's, but, but you're right. And it's funny. I was talking to, to Mark Montoya's coach, Factory X, head coach. Man, what a phenomenal dude that. He got an underrated crew there. That's, I think he's starting to get a lot more love, but a phenomenal coach. But he said the same thing. You know, he, he came and talked to me, and I said, you know, he, he mentioned the fact that, you know, that kind of that mantra that they can't fight, you know, John Jones. They just got to fight a body, you know, not not the legend of John Jones. And I even said, I said, well, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm picking John, of course, you know. And he said, he's like, how can you not pick John? I get it. You know what I mean? I, like, I get why you pick John Jones. I get why you pick George Shapier. I get why you pick Demetrius Johnson. I get – I mean, these are the greatest, you know. And, he, and I get it. He's like, but, you know, we're, we're not – going to fade and I and I believe that Anthony Smith is going to go in there and at least make make a dogfight out of this and and I do think I mean John said a couple times he's like and I don't know if it's true so I'm just sort of paraphrasing here but he said like Anthony Smith has more fights than anyone I've ever fought he's like this is the most experienced guy I've ever fought right and I do think the fact that like Anthony Smith has been dragged through the mud I mean the Ozdemir fight <laughs> he, oh. was, he got beat up yeah but but we know that he can fight through and I, I'm not saying that's going to result in a win but like there are reasons to say, like, Anthony Smith's not going to go in there and get embarrassed. I agree. And you know what? The guy, when he hits, it hurts. I mean, we know that. And you're right. I mean, there's, being around him this week and the level of, like, I don't want to say nonchalantness. I, I don't know what the word is. But the fact that he genuinely, as you said, seems okay with what people are saying. He seems okay that he's the underdog. And he, to me, he was like, this is still a huge moment for me. He's like, I don't care if people don't know who I am. Yep. Like, my face has never been on a poster looking over the Vegas Strip. He's like, that? people know who I am now. He's like, I'm doing something right. That's this right. is 
and and I think that's awesome. And it's it's whether it ends up being the Rocky story in the ring or what. I mean, I I feel good for the guy. And uh, again, it's why I there's a, there's a positivity around this card that I haven't felt in a pretty long time at a UFC. I think. dig it. Yeah, it's not the tension. All right, I guess if there was any controversy. It's the picograms, right? The drug test came out. We got the results. I was able to, to get them just a few minutes before they came out. But uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission, two of their tests came in. Picograms were there, uh, 60 uh, uh, picograms or less, I think, in, in each of the two samples. Um, okay. Nope. I'll be honest. When I heard it, I, I, I it sucks, but it didn't cause me alarm. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of. The expected result. Right? I expected. I was not shocked at all when I saw it. I was like, "Isn't that what we? Isn't that what they've been feeding us all the time?" That's what I guess that's you. It would have been more thing if we didn't. He, if we didn't see it, we didn't see it, and then post fight, there was something that popped mm. up. Then I, then I think people were like, "Okay, that's fishy." You know, why didn't hit here? But I mean, if it if it came out like they said it would, would be interesting is how many times they've tested them. They said they only tested them twice. You only got two test results. So even though they said from the Nevada State Athletic Commission, now Vada and Usada test came back clear, like nothing. So just zero. The, see, then it, that's weird. <laughs> but <laughs> but here's the thing. So I'm now at the point where because the first thing I asked you, it, it's very similar. I, I walked. I was at hockey. I saw Who you. Who is Nevada use? Um, and I walked up to you and I said straight up, I was like, "This is what they said was going to happen, right?" And I'm now at the point. I mean, at 2:32, <laughs> we did the same podcast and you know we talked about all the, you know, what ifs and all that, but. This is pretty consistent with what Nowitzki explained. You know, experts had told him we're going to happen and what this pulsing is. And when he, what his explanation in the scrum was, was he was like, that was the absolute peak of John's training. Right. So his his body may have at just been secreted. At its yeah. yeah, getting rid of any toxins it may and, have. And I just, there's a part of me that I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist. I kind of have to believe what people who know more than me are telling me. See, that's what I want to because, listen, I, I don't think I'm a naive person, but I also think that probably sometimes I lean towards the good in people and believe in people maybe too much. Now, cold coffee is 100% conspiracy theorist. Like the, the <laughs> not, not like Fiasco Jones. No, Fiasco not quite Jones. Fiasco Jones level. But I think if, if you can put together connections of how things were worked, you will do so. You have a tendency oh, to yeah. lean that way. Meanwhile, I take, that I take you, Danny, as somebody that I, I, I think that you go over things with a fine-tooth comb. You know, not that you're necessarily uh, – It's like you guys I mean, act like journalists. Yeah, and, you, you, know. you are a very qualified, <laughs> real media member journalist. Like, I think like you go – you ask questions. You concern. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you do those things. Speaking about real journalists. Real up journalists in, in here. The Mac life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Mac life is in the house. And Walker in the house. The crew's getting big over here. I love it. This is what I like to see. Uh, all right, so this is what I ask, uh, because I trust you as a journalist, and I trust you as a conspiracy theorist, Cole Coffey. <laughs> I appreciate is, that. Is this a dangerous attitude that we're now becoming accepting and okay with it? So I have talked to, like, several, I mean, not doctors, but, but people who do research into um, health science. Not health science. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know what I mean. Like <laughs> right. People in, in, in medical sciences. And when I got back from 232, and what they all said is they were like, the long-term metabolite thing is the point here. And they're like, if there are no medium or short-term metabolites, at some point, like, if if for two years it's been the same long-term metabolite and it's this small, like, there's no evidence to suggest anything else. And, and it's yeah. so tough because we all want to be like, you know, zero tolerance, this and that. But if this really is what it is, and it's why I asked today, I said, is this an across-the-board, like, 
double jeopardy situation where if you tested once, you cannot get punished for it again. And Nowitzki said, yes, every single thing. If you test positive once, you cannot be punished again for the same for injecting the same substance right. at, at that moment. And if that is true, then I, I think we can take them at their word a little bit here. There's there's too many people involved, too many athletic commissions. There's too many different drug testing agencies. And they're all saying the same thing. I mean, like, even if your inclination is to believe that John Jones has cheated at one point in his career, which I don't know 100% where I stand on, but I lean a little towards that there's been something that's happened at some point. I, I, there's no question whether he meant to or not, something went in his body that shouldn't have been there. Yes. But at this point, there's no evidence to suggest that it's anything new, and it goes back to that, that test in 2017, and he's been punished for it, and... The you know the the rule of law in MMA determined that he has served his punishment, and this is just leftover stuff that that appears once in a while. And I think that we I think Anthony Smith said it right. I mean, he said, "Listen, I talked to Bob Bennett. I've talked to everybody involved. Like my belief is that yes, he cheated at one point. Now again, if you want to say purpose or not, I mean, it's still <laughs> cheating, right? If it's accident, I, I mean, I guess it's accident. No, it's still cheating. It's still in your body, right? He put something in there it should have been. I believe he's clean now, and I think it is what you point to. He there's no the short-term, there's no mid-term. It's only the long-term metabolite, and that's that's. I mean, that's the saving grace here, right? And, yep. um, yeah. Sounds like you guys have bought the Golden Snitches line, hook, line, and sink. All right, conspiracy theorists. <laughs> conspiracy what? says. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's the thing. If someone can give me a, a piece of evidence that legitimately suggests, like not some Reddit thread from bodybuilders right. talking about like half-lives and all this that I don't know. If someone can legitimately present to me an argument, why I shouldn't be believing this line of thinking and why, like, the UFC is – like, why would they rebook him two months later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, like, I just – I don't it. see it. I uh, don't see it. Like, yeah. I, all right. End of the day, we're all, we're all, we're all picking John Jones. Yes. Of course. Yes. You have to. I, I, I would love – I mean – Well, you don't have to. I think we've had a couple people even in staff. Did somebody – I think somebody picked it. I think, Anthony, we, I think perhaps. we've seen one or two. Maybe one or the two. come out in full I mean, like, We see him on email. It certainly today. makes a lovely story to, 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 to go out there and pick the underdog and have it be right. But this is one of those situations where it You're just doesn't chasing look likely. Glory. You're just chasing the glory or whatever. But it is a wonderful story. And I, I think part of it, too, is just his personality. You want you want good things for him because he's a nice guy. Of course. You know, it'd be a nice happy ending. He's to, also the perfect example the of why, like, there's this is something old Spencer Kaido and I talk about all the time about how there's actually nothing wrong with being one of the top ten people in your weight class in the world and yeah. one of the top and he probably right now is one of the top four to five. Anthony Smith's accomplished amazing things. Yeah. I just That's cannot what we said about talk DC. myself into beating That's John. That's what we used to say about DC. Like there's no shame losing to John Jones mm. two times. <laughs> right. Like it's fucking John Jones. Like. We got it. So okay. look what else you did. Like you're okay, bro. You're like he's taking care of his family. You know what I mean? I'm sure he got a nice contract yeah. for being in a title fight. But dude, I would. I mean, again, I would love to see him win. What an amazing thing. I mean, uh, who was it that brought it up? Was it was it Oscar the other day that said, uh, if he wins, would this be the biggest upset in MMA history? And and I don't know if Oscar says good things like that. I still think I it's Sarah GSP. I think it was somebody I else. I mean, Sarah GSP to me, that's the quintessential example, right? Sarah, <laughs> especially because Sarah comes out there and just. She just rocks them, you know what I mean, the way it goes down. But it is an interesting debate. I mean, I guess it's how right it goes, like, it's got to be up there. And I, and, yeah. I, and I don't care what the betting lines say because betting lines aren't pure, like, odds of winning. No, it's it what we know about each fighter, yeah. like, from following the sport closely. Yeah, it's, it's great. It, it would be up there, man. It would be one of the biggest upsets of all yeah. time. All right, let's talk about the co Tyron Woodley versus Kamaru Usman. Uh, a, a great fight as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of people wanted Colby Covington to be in this fight. I, I know I wanted Colby Covington to be in this fight. Um, but – 
I, I like Usman a lot too, man. I, I, I called some fights alongside of him at Titan, and, and, I, and I like the guy. Um, you know, sometimes he gets uh, into the trash talk, and it's not so great. But behind the scenes, man, he's a good dude. Um, but Tyron Woodley, man, when you start analyzing his record and what he's accomplished and what he's done, I mean, the, the guy is phenomenal. I'm pretty intrigued by this fight, though. I, 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 I thought the Colby Covington fight would have a lot more heat. Now, again, we're talking about the rightful number one contender. But even these guys both say Colby, love him or hate him, is next. Or, yeah. or maybe even should have been here. I love that idea right there. I mean, I love the fact that they both realize that, hey, this fight got put together because of whatever, you know, whether it was Kamaru's last performance, you know, the way that Colby's been acting, they kind of was getting punished. And But I, I love the idea that both of them are like, yes, Colby deserves the next shot or Colby deserves this. Um, you know, going back to – I know we're going to get into Tyron, but I thought Kamaru handled himself wonderfully during the open workout. All right, let, yeah, let's just up, start there, the open workout. Yeah. Colby came in, he storms it. I didn't know that. And was this anybody. was right after Kamara was doing his dancing. He was dancing up on stage. He looked so at Michael ease. Jackson. His, like, his like, corner was like, just take your time. Stay slow. Just enjoy this. Enjoy this. And he was. And then when when Colby comes in and starts MAGA trumping whatever on the on the on his little micro, megaphone. But I love it that it didn't even phase Kamara at all. He just laughed and kind of pointed over and just chuckled and took it in. I, I, and handled I, it well, the scrum, by the way. So I thought it, it was perfectly. a bomb over there. And then he said... And then there's a reason he's outside the ropes. I yeah. was like, dude, that's the that's the. I don't know if you practiced that line or you he's, just came up with that line. He must have just come up with it. Nailed it. Like, there's a reason you're outside the barriers with the fans right now, and I'm on stage, son. Yeah, he's he's operating at a different level right now, which bodes very well for that I, fight. To see him come in looking like that. So here we are talking about the entertainment area, and and, and we'll get to this again later with with one championship as well, but. Um, <laughs> The antics. I, I know, you know, we're talking about these crazy super fights and these crazy and this and that. And I know we're, we're all, I think we're all a little entertainment era out at this point. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's getting too much. So, Colby Covington coming in and doing what he did today. I mean, A, that is the most Colby Covington thing ever to do. Where, where do you guys stand on that? Because I, I will I say. I wish you would have prepped it a little I'm, bit better. I'm 50-50. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm 50-50. Like, like, the phrasing was a little off. He was just like, eh. On the one Where's hand, your energy at? Where's your energy at? Yeah. You better get your energy up. But, I mean, I, like, can you blame a guy, especially in the situation he's in, for kind of being passed over or whatever? Like, it, I mean, I, it's, it, it is good to come make your name relevant again and to make sure you stay in the headlines, right? Or, or yeah. was that just stupid? So I unequivocally hate Colby Covington. Like, <laughs> like, and he like I liked the idea. Like I don't think it was executed perfectly. Right. I also like I mean my thing with Colby is I always he crosses the line often when he's not at UFC sanctioned stuff. Right. But like showing up and then just like walking two hundred feet away and doing a media scrum so that you don't actually interrupt what's going on and don't actually get in trouble. Yeah. Was like like I kinda laughed at it. I like of all the things that Colby's done today was like pretty inoffensive. It was funny. It probably like Usman loved it. I I, I enjoyed it. I had no problem with it. I, everyone talks about how Colby's turned down these fights. I don't know if he has or hasn't. I, I do genuinely believe the UFC would have probably preferred to book Colby against yeah. against Woodley at some point um, over the this Usman fight. I mean, I don't think this fight has much heat from a, a larger you know no it does mainstream perspective. It I think inside like I think I think we're all excited because I, I think the the, the, the skill level 
the skill level between these guys, I, I think it matches up very, very well. I did Aaron from TSN's podcast at the end of 2017, and we all had to pick our, our welterweight champion, and three people picked Usman. Really? Like, really? I didn't. That's nice. Uh, I mean, like, this, this, is, this was long overdue, I think, for Usman. I mean, I think going back to when he had that whole, like, had to make weight debacle, you know, you're going to be the you're going to be the, the challenger if something happens and then nothing happens and it was just like, wow, you just did that and you didn't get the next title shot, you know. I feel like this was the makeup for that. So you true, know, it's man. like you did that That's so true. and then to, and then to just go back. Situation. It was it was like the worst situation ever so like I feel like this is righting that wrong that they did to but him. But it's also you, know? you were the interim title holder and you also didn't get the fight. <laughs> well, and that's, that's why true. I like <laughs> I like the Woodley <laughs> was pretty straight up where he was like after this fight, I fight Colby, and then I look at my options. Yeah. He, like, yeah. I, I don't think that's necessarily respect. I think that's the fact that he, like, knows at this point. He, what, what choice do you have? You yeah, know, and probably bigger fights at middleweight. And, yeah. well, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm just saying in terms of taking the Colby fight next, yeah. he has to take no, the Colby fight. No, you have to take that like, fight next. Um, all, right, so listen, yeah. all right, so this fight in yeah. itself. If he Col puts it down, it's like he's done for Colby's, Colby's next. Although, boy, yeah, see Usman was like, ah, I don't know, man. Get back in the line. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Usman can I also say whatever he wants to, because I think he's poking yeah, yeah, the bear. You, I guess if you if you raid my open workout, I get to say whatever I want. I will about like. You. I don't bet on sports, but like if I was putting money on something right now, to Usman can say that because if Usman wins, we know Tyron's not getting the immediate rematch. That's so true. Like that's like I can make that's that so guarantee. True. The UFC I don't is think so either, not even coming close. They, no, like they, they they don't they don't love Tyron. They don't love Tyron. And they like, don't love Tyron. They'll be happy to not have him as their champion in that division. So, so. true. All right, uh, the, the fight. I mean, I know we're not hardcore fight breakdown pickers, but, I, I mean, do you guys, like, feel convinced one way or other on this, or, or do you feel it's a 50-50 fight? I don't feel like I've seen enough of Usman right. to, like, really – I mean, I, I've watched all the fights that, we, that we've that we watched, but, like, I, I it's just hard to, to pick against Tyron at this it point because he man. is, like – he's such a game planner. He's, he's so meticulous in, in what he does. Let's be honest, he doesn't take huge risks. Right. Um, and I just don't know, like – I haven't had to see Usman fight a fighter of that caliber, even the RDA fight last time around. I mean, RDA is on the tail end. I, I think we'd all agree of his prime. Uh, so for me, it's just, I mean, I've seen Woodley fight higher level fighters and succeed than I have Usman. Yeah. So that's not a knock on Usman's skill set. I just don't have the confidence in his skill set that I do in Woodley. That's it, man. I, I, I think that uh, Usman has the tools it would take. I mean, I guess maybe the best way to beat Tyron would be just become lay him out, you know what I mean? Come lay him out quick, you know, with, with some with some striking. But to to be able to stand up to his wrestling, you know, Usman's gonna be able to do that. Uh, to be able to set a pace to, for over 25 minutes, he's gonna be able to do that. He's relentless. Um, but yeah, man, Tyron, when you really look at his body of work and you look at the people he's beat and how he's beat him, that counter overhand comes Ooh. fast, man. <laughs> I think the wrestling's gonna be interesting, though. I think a lot of people want to immediately negate that, but. I think his work that he's done recently, I would think, with Askren is going to push him back up on another level. It's not just like Tyron going to his typical corners or his typical camp. I mean, I really think he really put in the effort to step it up because I think he realized this is one where he needs to make sure that his rest is on point. I think we, I, I still just don't think, when I look at them too, I think because of that body of work right there, I'm going to push his wrestling over Usman. I think he has enough to kind of help control the pace a little bit. And I think he's a better overall striker. I think yeah. he has crisper hands. But, I mean, Usman does have great hands. I mean, he has a lot of power, but he tends to rely a lot on that wrestling side to kind of give him the chance to set that up. 
I don't think he's going to get that he opportunity. He doesn't have that one-hit quitter like Tyron does. No, he's I mean, got he, good striking. He grinds him down. Yeah. He tires him. And then those those strikes do that and much more damage because he's already worn his opponent the, down. But he's going to have a guy now that Tyron is so strong, and especially the the early the early two or three rounds. I mean, like, it's you're going to have a hard time grinding out. He's got to tire himself down yeah. before you really start to impose. And I think – at that point, you know, Kamaru's going to be feeling on his own as well. And I think with the striking difference, um, I don't know. It, I, I'm I, intrigued by this fight. I, I, I am, in, I am I intrigued. Really and I think Kamaru's a good dude, too. I mean, oh, I, he's a great I, guy, I, I think he would do well. He gets a bum rap sometimes. He's a good he dude. He does. Man. I mean, I guy's always been super nice to me. And I mean, he's always given good interviews. I mean, he's. He's, he's better when he's not trash talking. Like he's, he is. Well, he's a cool yeah. guy. Right? His, like, if you didn't hear his scrum today, though, go check out his scrum yeah. day. He was he was on point. Yeah, I need to go back and listen. I, yeah. didn't, I, I did, didn't listen. He to made it. a point where, and the one thing that I will discount is this idea that he doesn't have the one thing that he's great at to beat Tyron Woodley. Because he said to me, he was like, "Does Rory McDonald have one great thing?" And he was like, "Rory beat him." He was like, it's "Fair point." Be better at a bunch of sh bunch of stuff, and that's how. What's that's hard? Rory's got fucking hard leaps well, and, and bounds, mean, and that's what he will wear people Pre-broken nose out. Rory, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think might very yeah. well be welterweight champion at this so point. So true, right? right? Like, that changed um, things for him. It changed things. I mean, he can't, he can't get punched in the face. <laughs> His soul bled out. <laughs> punched in the face. <laughs> His soul bled out with that <laughs> yeah. one. All right, let's talk about Ben Askren. We, we kind of touched on him there. Uh, first of all, uh, again, if you want to see a, a, a fun scrum today, go check out the, the Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren scrum. Just the visual of it, uh, the whole entertainment value of it, it, it was it was hilarious. But, man, Ben Askren, has he become the star of, of this event or what? I mean, from What the, a breath of fresh air. Oh, my God. From the on-sale press conference to, to, you know, this week, you know, media day to open workouts. Uh, man, he has been great. And, and I, I'm enjoying having Ben Askren around. Yeah. He reminds me, like, and this is, I mean, I didn't wrestle in high school, but, like, he reminds me of the guy, like, you're playing basketball with in high school who, like, talks a bunch of trash and you want to beat him so bad, but you just can't because he's better than you at basketball. Right. And, like, <laughs> Ben Askren, like, he, but it's not serious trash. It's, like, the trash that's just meant to annoy you. Yeah, yeah, Like, he makes fun of your socks. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, like, he totally that's would make so good, good dude, like, that, that's None of it point. is hurtful, but and it's all funny, and he – has all of it with a smile on his face. His I will say this. Okay, so, again, we're, we're kind of talking about the purity of the sport versus – okay, we get it. This is not a pure sport. It is about entertainment yeah. value too. But I, I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. Like, I loved Conor McGregor in the beginning. When, when he was Con funny. Yeah, when he was funny, when he was quick-witted. When he got to the I'm a gangster stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love the quick wit and the sharp talk. Like, that's fun. That's what you ask for. He doesn't, he doesn't cuss. You don't have to worry about bleeping things out. You know what I mean? It's not race. It's not religion. It's not anything. Like, it's just good-natured. And as you said, it's like frustrating trash talk because you're like, ah, I want to – And he's like probably right because he can beat everybody. <laughs> like, it's, and, like, I, I genuinely have enjoyed it because it's not actually trash talk. It's like good-natured ribbing. Right. Like, it's, That's it. Like, it's very Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I wish our Canadian fighters were as good as, it, as he is. But like, it sorry has about been, that. Hey, uh, I was just having a little fun. And, and like, he's genuinely like we always talk about guys like seeming like they ha they're having fun. John seemed relaxed, right? Yes, like, yes. He, I don't know that John like he did seem like he was having a perfectly fine time. But Ben generally like he he seemed like you know you've got a kid. Yeah, he seemed like a kid. At, at the playground. Yeah, just, like, just having fun. Just having fun, laughing around. So um, relaxed, so in, just enjoying the moment. I and mean, because he's not going to say anything controversial, like he doesn't actually have to worry about watching himself because he's 
So when he's talking to the media, he's relaxed and just yeah. himself, and it's great. It is great, and, and it's funny because you know him and him and Tyron are buddies, man. They go way back. They made it clear they're not fighting each other. Tyron did say he's 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 thinking about a move to middleweight, and and I did you know ask him about the dynamics. You know, hey, well if if Askren's successful, does that make you want to move up you know quicker? Yeah. Because let your buddy get a big payday, let your buddy get a champion. And, and you know, Tyron said, listen, man, I you know I, he's gonna be okay. And 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 Ben immediately like even before Tyron could answer, Ben was like, I don't care, like I'm fine, I'm fine. One and, championship and, paid him out. <laughs> right, he's done well for yeah. himself, and. He did say, and it's so true, he's like, there's so many people for me to fight. Like, you think about, like, he's just coming into this division, and he is already riled up so many ways. Remember, like, when he was first, the discussion was first going on and all the social media back and forth? Like, dude, there are so many fights you could make with him that could headline cards, that could be co-made events. I but, mean, I, mean I, I don't want to start naming names and having, you know, I don't want to get over. But, um, like, I, I will say, like, I don't think, Frankly, like Darren Till's skill set wants any piece of, of Ben. Terrible Askren. matchup. Terrible, Terrible matchup. matchup. Like there's a lot of guys who I just look at and I'm like, and I like Till, but that's a bad matchup. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, I don't think Ponzinibbio is 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 ready for that type oh, of matchup thing. there too. And I mean, I, I do think that the Lawler fight is fascinating because you know Lawler's seen it all. He he can do it all. And I am very curious to see like if Ben Askren fights an. 80% Ben Askren fight. You know, wins the fight, dominates over three rounds, does the whole thing. I'm curious as to how fans react to him. That's – that's okay, that's the interesting part there too, right, because uh, Usman – that was brought up to Usman today, and Usman went out of his way to say, listen, he is not an MMA fighter. He is an MMA wrestler, mm -hmm. you know, and fans expect a certain type of fight. And, and you know, I mean, Usman wrestles a lot, so it's not like he can totally discount wrestling – but he said, yes, but you've got to strike a little bit. And, and I think that is true. I mean, you've got – yes, it doesn't have to be rock'em, sock'em robots every time. I mean, listen, I think fans started to love Damian Maya more in the latter stages of his career than the beginning when he basically, like, said, I'm done throwing punches. I'm only doing jujitsu <laughs> from now on, you know? So I think, you know, there is, uh, you know, for – there is room for a specialist. But I do agree that if, if, if one fight, two fight, three fights happen – and what you're doing is essentially taking someone down and holding them down, the fans are going to turn and on And it, it must have been – was it New York last year? Like, I'm trying to think. They brought Askren after he was signed. It was when Dana White still had him blocked on Twitter, the whole thing, to a scrum. Yeah. And what he said was he was like, it may take a minute, but what I make fans realize is that I make guys quit because they just can't get up. They just give up. And they're and like, dude, just, just choke me out. Yeah, or, and he was like, and people will find that interesting. And I, I, I'm – that's great for a hardcore audience that watches one. Yeah. I will be curious to see how it goes over. When you have a super charismatic, fun guy who you love outside of the octagon, who maybe fans in the ring or, or in the arena are going to boo. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to boo in Vegas, but they're going to boo, boo in some other places. We'll see. I mean, boy, boy, I'll tell you what, man. It will be interesting. Like, what if, you know, what if Robbie Lawler catches him once or twice, and every time he catches him once or twice, a stunned Askren shoots forward, takes him down and holds yep. him down, like, the fans will turn on him quick. And Especially because it's Robbie yeah. Lawler. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not trying to discount Ben Askren, man. Like I said, it's been amazing, and it, he's incredibly effective. You don't get to 18 over your career without having degrees. And it's not like he doesn't know how to strike, but he just happens to be really, really, really good There's at wrestling. There's a reason why people said, like, he's the one guy who, like, we're not entirely sure how George St. Pierre would beat. That's right. Because his wrestling's that good. But it will be interesting because, yeah, yeah fans, especially fans with a couple cocktails in them, you know they want to see they want to see some striking. And, and we know the UFC. If he does that, let's say he wins, the fans are showering down boots. 
I'm sorry, they're not giving you Darren Till next. They're not letting you wreck a star with a boring fight. It's like, so true. So yeah. oh, it's a, a booking issue there. as well. So, yeah, I, I don't know where it goes. Yeah, we can't let you just snooze through our entire division. Yeah. Boy, that's true. Um, all right. Uh, I did end up picking Askren in this fight. I don't know. If it, do you have to make picks anywhere, Danny? Do you do a call? I've never had to make picks, but oh, I, I pick Askren. I pick Askren as well. What would you do, Cole Coffee? I did, Askren. I'm comfortable making 2018 MMA Junkie Picks champion, Cole Coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm heavily – my greatness is heavily weighing down at the bottom <laughs> of the, the pick list this year. Uh, but I did. I did go Askren on this one. All right. For sure. Uh, all right, listen, rounding out the main card, Tisha Torres versus Wiley Zhang. I like this fight a lot. I know that Zhang, uh, you know, the Chinese fighter, may not may not be familiar to a lot of people. They may be surprised this fight is even on the main card, but she can bang, and Tisha Torres is phenomenal as well. Meanwhile, Cody Garbrandt and Pedro Munoz, a key fight for both those guys. Um, listen, uh, you know, Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz is just a super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Cody Gard. I mean, it has been funny, the, the exchanges between the two. But, I, Danny, t tell us, because you had a pretty extensive conversation, you said, with Cody Gard, or at least an extensive uh, yeah, obser <laughs> observation, anyway. It but was I, literally not a conversation. But that's, yeah, so it just seems like he's in a – it just seems to me like he's in a good place. Like, those T.J. Dillashaw fights, man, I, I just don't think he was in a good – I mean – I'm not trying to take away from TJ. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I feel like the the, the 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 pressure and the intensity just got to Cody in a bad way. And, I mean, I, I mean I'll just say it. I, I always thought that it was a mistake. I don't know why Cody Garbrandt got an immediate rematch. He hadn't actually defended the title. It was a mistake. It was a mistake for him to take that fight. Um, he he should have gone, you know, worked on improving his game for a year and then, and then gone for it. Um, I, I never understood it. But, yeah, so I, I walk – I'm at Media Day, and uh, for those who don't know, I mean, look, look, there are a lot of people who inexplicably want one-on-ones when they're on camera. Um, and then there are a lot of people who – I mean, I know with you guys, like, I generally try to give you your time. Um, but, you know, like, there are people when, when time's running short, you – if they're doing their, their thing, you can toss the mic Absolutely. in and just get answers. And then there are other guys, and, and Chuck Mindenhall is one of them. We both are – we write, we don't do video, and uh, – and so he was talking to, to Cody, and he asked Cody about, you know, getting over the fight and, and how hard it was, which was the question that I was literally waiting to ask. Right. So, so I just threw my mic there in there. Like, Why I mean, make it, him answer it again? Exactly. And he went on for four and a half minutes, uninterrupted, talked about absolutely everything. And all of it was, like, genuine. It was about his kid. Um, and the honestly, the best quote that I, I got all uh, of Media Day was he said, after the first TJ fight, he walked into the back and he thought, all right, I lost once. I'm going to have the career of, of George St. Pierre. And then after the second loss, he went into the back and he went, all right, I'm going to have the career of Daniel Cormier. <laughs> and I was amazing. like, wow. That and, is amazing. And then, But he was still going after four and a half minutes and time was running short on our availability. So without asking a question, I just left. I just I got <laughs> four and a half minutes of someone else's question. And I was like, this is a story I'm writing tomorrow, and I, I put no effort into Look, that. I'll tell you, I, I'm intrigued by both of these fights as well. Cody Garbrandt, uh, as you said, man, he's a phenomenal fighter. He's put on some phenomenal displays. Did not look good against TJ Dillashaw. I, as you said, I agree. I think he took a mistake taking that fight again. I think the UFC made a weird decision by booking it. I think maybe – I mean, I know the folks at WME and everybody were, like, super high on Cody Garbrandt and wanted him to be the guy. I think they needed L.A., right? Yeah. That, I don't think – if that card had not been early August in L.A., I don't think that they booked it. Meanwhile, Pedro Munoz is a phenomenal fighter as well, mm -hmm. flown under the radar, but has you know, fought some top guys. And 
you know, flies under the radar because he's not one of these trash talkers. You know, he's not going to go at it. I mean, those guys have been, you know, in the buildup, they've been uh, complimenting each other's clothes and their style. And their let's fashion. go back to what we just said. Part of why I think it's marketable is because it's been funny. Not trash talking has been as marketable as anything else because they've made us laugh. I'm, I'm, I agree. I agree. I love that fight. And I love Tisha Torres versus Wiley Z. Tisha Torres. Was Tisha's last fight, Joanna? question was it yeah it was god it's been a while man i, I didn't realize it had been that long she didn't even get crushed in that fight like she lost yeah. but like it wasn't like no, a bad loss no but Zhang, super tough Zhang is is legit I know. legit I, I this whole main card is ridiculous as i said our traffic has been okay this week i mean i i so i mean and i use that just as a gauge of interest you know what i mean and so our traffic has been okay uh, I don't think it's necessarily re reflected necessarily kind of the quality of this card top to bottom, um, but we'll see. I, I, I think there'll be some some results. Um, quickly, because uh, we could spend – I mean, we could just break down every fight in this card. I mean, it's that good of a card. Uh, Zabit Magomedsherbov versus Jeremy Stevens, dude. Amazing fight. How about their stare down? You know, Zabit, normally the very, like, just whatever kind of guy. I thought he – I just reading the body language there, I thought Zabit kind of stood over him and was like – Yep, yeah, Let's they got go nose to man. nose, like, practically. We're, we're going to go at it. And you know Jeremy Stevens is going to bang. Uh, I, I love that fight. you got to love that. Misha Serkinov, I know as a, as a Canadian here, I mean, you, you yeah. got to talk to him a little bit. I, I want you to share a little bit of the story because so, yeah. Misha Serkinov versus Johnny Walker. Uh, of course, Johnny Walker is the, is the hot ticket right now. That's the guy everybody's talking about. But um, it's funny, because, and I don't know if this is what uh, – how your conversation started, but if you saw that stare down at Media Day um, – after the stare down, Dana pulled Misha aside and, yeah. and, and talked to him. Which like, I've almost never seen ever. Like no, it was, especially on a prelim fighter. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to and, Misha. And we forget that Dana had cut Misha like a couple years. They had back. some contract issues. Yeah, I guess yeah. he didn't cut him, but they no, said but they, that they were like, like yeah, go on. Him. We, don't, yeah. we don't want him. And at the time, Misha was. I mean, all of us thought, hey, this guy could be fighting for the title. Like, you know, right. very quickly. But he had that. Yeah. Nice run. So so I saw it, and I mean, like you do, because it's Dana. Doing it, so I, I walked up to Misha. It's out of the norm. It's yeah. out of the norm. So you're asking about it. Out of and the norm. big smile on my face, and uh, I, I, I sort of said, "So Misha, like, what did you and Dana talk about?" Thinking back to that that, that conflict in 2017, and um, and and this is credit to Dana White, and uh, I also think it's worth noting whatever happens on Saturday night between the two of them because it's uh, it, it's pretty brave and it's got to be really tough. But Misha said he was like, "Yeah, well, uh, Dana had heard that my wife has breast cancer." And uh, he just pulled me aside to just kind of, you know, wish us the best and tell us that if there's anything the UFC can do and what have you. And he was like, honestly, man, like, your boss knowing what's going on with you and, like, taking the time to, to you know, really let you know. And he was like, that was the only chance we were going to have to talk. It wasn't yeah. meant to be public. Right. And and so I obviously immediately sort of switched the, switched the interview up and we talked. And, I mean, Misha's going through some shit right now. I mean, that's the most painful thing. And they've been together for a long, long time. Um, and I, I, I can't believe that he's uh, – my understanding is she was like, you got to go to Vegas. you got to train for this fight. you got to do your thing. But – uh, I mean, just, just you know, your heart goes out to them because that's, yeah. that's, about as, that's about as rough as it gets. That's Ooh. heavy. Yeah, that, so. that, it makes and, it but all credit, real. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes I, I think, Dana, you either universally love him or you universally hate him. And uh, credit to him and, and the, you know, for, for taking the time to well, make sure, you know, his, his whatever was. I know it's well, easy. He's certainly talking the talk right now. It'd be nice to see l legit backing up that, that statement, like, you well, know, listen, coming he, out and really listen, doing some I, stuff. So I, know I know in the past I know he's it's done easier it, to you know? I know it's easier to bash Dana White yeah. than it is defend him. And don't get me wrong. It's not like everything he does is perfect. Right. But there are a lot of stories 
behind the scenes that we don't ever get a chance to talk about and things that I've heard, but, but it's like, hey, this doesn't come out. But, like, he's 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 done some things, like, yeah. out of his pocket, you know, paid for And on this one, I think it's universally good. You know? That's also, like uh, – Or at least, I mean, like, get somebody to the right doctor. You know, like, well, dude, like, you could never talk to that, you know – I don't mean to get political. It's a little bit different in Canada. The true. Like, stuff is – like, our, we have universal health care. So, that's like, I don't know that Misha needs a big paycheck to – Sons of bitches. I, 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 I'm sorry, but, face like, when he said it? He's like, we have universal health care. No, but I, that's not how I said it. I just legitimately – I don't know that – I don't know that Misha needs a check. I wish we had it, dude. I wish we had him, man. Trust me. I, either way, like, it was one of those things where, like, and Johnny Walker seems like a, a great weirdo. Um, right? He's good. By the way, but it's, well, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. I, I just did want to say that, like it, like, it was such a reminder because Misha's had, you know, really quick rise and a bit of a down, and I was kind of going in with this very, this, you know, just, you know, had the blinders on, and I was like, this is a fight Misha needs to win. And it's kind of a reminder for me that, like, these people are people. You know, they're, they're, they're humans, and. I know I'm being a little bit corny, but like Misha genuinely seemed affected by it, and and he's obviously super uh, bummed yeah. out, and like it's just I, I do hope that you know if he does go out and have a terrible performance, you know people, you know do remember that you know there's other shit. That these fuck are people, yeah. man. That's what people forget sometimes when I they watch a, these fights. Like these are people that do that deal with some shit. I had a very famous fighter tell me once, like he had a terrible performance, and about a year and a half later, I asked him. I was like, what happened there, man? You weren't yourself. And he was like, my girlfriend broke up with me three weeks before. We'd been together for four years. And he was like, and I didn't feel like doing any training or anything. Right. And he was like, I can't say that. No one's going to feel bad for me. But he was like, it really affected me. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, right? Like, everybody's going to make fun of you or talk yeah. shit. But, yeah, dude, but who hasn't been down in the dumps when the You don't feel like going to work. Yeah, yeah, you know? So, yeah. That's yeah. tough. It's a good you – know, Johnny Walker, by the way, just a little quick side note, not quite up to the level of that, but – he will be the first fighter to ever wear the uh, the Thailand uh, international kit going into That's the cool. fight. Yeah, he's been fighting for that, I guess. You know, he, he lives there well, now. I think it was Anthony telling me that this is the first ever card where the main and co-main, every single fighter is 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 black. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. That too. is pretty cool. Yeah. It's seeing the diversity of the sport. All right, Alejandro Perez versus Cody Salmon. Uh, I, by the way, I love this fight. I like both these guys, Alejandro Perez. Has been one of my favorites. Maybe it's because my wife's from Mexico and my kids have Mexican. I don't know. But I like Alejandro, especially because he's trying to learn English so bad. <laughs> and, and he's, like, insisting on doing interviews in English, which I respect. And he, I, and I can tell he gets a little nervous and he gets a little scared. But, damn it, man, I just I just love somebody that will do that. So I, I love that. This is a good fight. A guy, by the way, that's, uh, I, I believe, undefeated in his last seven or eight in, in the UFC. I mean, that's incredible. Not getting any respect whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, Cody – of course, uh, fell victim to that nasty Aljamain Sterling submission, but uh, he's got some skills as well. Main, or prelims, I should say, open up with Mickey Gall versus Diego Sanchez. I, oh, man, I'm, I'm torn on this fight, too. I mean, how do you not love Mickey Gall, dude, with all the swagger? The, the, the way, I mean, his path through the UFC has been incredible. But then Diego, you're talking about, you know, tough one, man, and, and Diego embracing his weirdness. And, and I, I love the weirdness of Diego I know Sanchez. None of us he are is like, legend. I know none of us are fashion Writers or, or whatever. No, just no. Please describe. I, his I, I, I did. I, I did contemplate what color socks I was going to wear with my shoes. Uh, today. Khaki shorts, uh, <laughs> limited or whatever. Yeah. What, what? Like describe that outfit that he wore yesterday. I don't think it was a bandana. I think it was like a head tie. Oh I, yeah, he had the do rag on. It was it was solid. Was it a full do rag? I don't know. I, I thought it was maybe like a shirt he used and just wrapped it up like <laughs> a headband or something. And he he had a backpack as far as I could tell. Like. Oh. 
he looked uh, like, yeah. I, I love. I was just so focused on his face because he was like huffing and puffing <laughs> and doing his thing. I love Diego, man. He's a fucking character. Now I don't even pay attention to his clothes. I just want to see what his face. Is My only thing like. I say this every time Diego gets in is, I hope it's not sad. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. and I, I think this. I think this could be an interesting fight. I mean, I, I think you know, not cutting weight is good for him. Yep. Um. So, so we'll see. I'm and honestly, I'm genuinely interested. Like Mickey's had a Mickey Gall's had a weird path. Absolutely. But I, I don't think he's a bad fighter. I he's think not. he needs time to develop. And like, he wanted this fight too. He did wanted he? this fight. Yeah. Okay. Mickey, Mickey wanted this fight. Uh, fight past prelims: Charles Bird, Edmund Shabazi, and uh, Macy Chieson versus Gina Mazzani, Hannah Seifers versus Pollyanna Viana. Uh, <sighs> I guess, I was going to say, I mean, the ones that stick out to me, I mean, of course, there's a couple, but Gina Mazzani, she, she lives and trains here in Vegas, so seeing her fight against Macy, who's dropping down to 135, interesting. Hannah Seifers, one of the most interesting human beings in terms of just how they look. I mean, just timid, you know, yeah. like almost scared, and then all of a sudden they start banging. I mean, that's great. But Pollyanna Viana, I mean, the story of her, you know, yeah. just destroying the mugger in Brazil and, yeah. and then now coming to the fight. Uh, interesting there. Uh, yeah, Edmund Shabazian with, with the Edmund Taverdian protege there. I did think it was cool. Edmund, Edmund Shabazian, I was kind of joking with him because he made his he, – he fought in the Contender Series in the Tough Gym, right? Then his UFC debut was on the Tough Finale at the Palms. Now he's fighting at T-Mobile Arena in his third fight, so I'm pretty sure his next fight's going to be Raider Stadium. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they just, just keeps getting the bigger and bigger venues over there, uh, but he's fighting Charles Bird. So, anyway, uh, look, this card is, is, is sick top to bottom. Any, any stories that stuck out or anything that we, that we didn't talk about for either one of you guys? I mean, you kept stopping during the card and asking me for my stories, so I do feel uh, like I gave you a couple of No, I love it, but that's, that's what people yeah. want to hear. But I don't, I don't have, like, I'll be honest with you, like, the early prelims I, I love, but I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone. <clears throat> As you said, man, like, this is just a fun fight card. Like, solid. And with great, legitimate headliners up top. Like, yep. I, main and co-main title fights, man. Two, two legit championship fights. Two super, you know, a couple of, you know, defending champions that have established themselves in the division. Not like it's their first events and we don't know if they're real. It's, it's good fights. Yeah. yeah. It's good fights. And I like, I like the fact that. I was at the last card. I think we had four female fights. This has got three of them on it. Yep. Start in the night, two fights back, back to back. I think it's a, it's a nice tone. I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to the card, and I like the fact that they're they're the letting it to the women to kind of start the night off strong and yeah. stuff. And you know. I will say, <clears throat> big takeaway for me, and no one who doesn't come to open workouts in Vegas will understand what I'm talking about. They got rid of the DJ. That's right. There's no longer a I'm deal. so thrilled. Oh, why you got Why you got to bang why, on why, AL3 why, like why that, man? I respect AL3. AL3 is a big fan. He, I like He's AL3. a friend of the road he's show. He's a friend of the road I, show. I, nothing but I, I, I will say, though, it's they usually set them up right next to us, and it's kind of loud That's right my there. issue. Yeah, it's yeah, the speakers. Yeah, yeah. It's AL3 not is fine. It's just the yeah. speakers well, right I mean, there. That's, that's an extra extra day they got to bring them out, well, especially if it was like two days out, you know. Yeah. They'd have to. They have to pay for him. If Ao3 is out there and listening, stuff, so. I don't want him thinking I'm talking trash about him. Yeah. It's just it's a very small space. <laughs> it's very yeah. loud. And it's very loud. <laughs> yeah. Like the speakers are basically designed to be for the entire space, but because of where we are, <laughs> like it's literally just right behind. And us. there's yeah. nothing yeah. worse than a guy like because he has to hype up. Dude, like he's his own hype man. Yeah. When you're just like, I need everything to be quiet so I can transcribe this interview. And you've got this guy being like, everybody get loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not good for transparency. Well, it's definitely, I mean, I could definitely see it because it's a cost-cutting move. But also now they've just like, what what songs do you want, fighters? And they let the right. fighters pick a song. Why are you going to bring 
AL3 out to play that kind of DJ. Yep. Let the audio guy do it. Whereas AL3 creates an atmosphere with the songs that he plays. Right. So it's like he's overkill at this point, you know, because now they're just like, all right, Danny, you give me your songs. John, you give me your songs. And then Kenny, okay, you put your songs. And then we're just going to hit this. I do kind of like I even talked to, I even talk to Tracy. He's like, it's like a playlist. He legit puts them all in a playlist and just hits fucking play. I kind of like that, though. I kind of like that fighters get to pick their own, but, own music now. Sure. But that's why I think, like, that's why AL3 is not there anymore. I mean, like, they just decided let's make it more about the fighters. They pick their songs. And, I mean, like, of all the musical choices the UFC makes, I don't know if it's AL or AO, whatever AO three is. Yeah. yeah, Albert like, Lanise is, is the not third. the problem. Right, that's yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all just, right, I'm glad he's not there. All right, let's do this. Uh, we need a couple of frosty beverages here. We might need a little break to kind of reset and those sort of things. Uh, what I'm going to do is uh, play a quick little interview I had with Brian Ortega and uh, catching up with T City, obviously a good friend of the road show as well. Uh, he's he's recovering from that difficult loss and trying to get back to action. He's got a, a new commercial with Modelo. Uh, he's a star. I thought the commercial came out really, really well. Uh, so I want to play that quick little interview for you while we reset, and then when we come back, uh, we'll talk about one championship because one championship capitalized on uh, USC 235 night. Uh, so here is T-City. Right, Brian, what's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Good to catch up with Mr. Mr. TV commercial star, man. How are you, how you feeling moving up in the world? Oh man, it was good. It feels it feels good, bro. It feels good to uh, I mean, to work with someone, you know, who I don't know, man. They, they, I say it feels it feels amazing, you know. When you when you work with brands that pretty much you guys are the same people almost, you know. They want the brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, Brian. I mean, I know you're kind of a, a guy of principle, man. I know you're not going to just align yourself with anybody and just throw your name on something for the sake of it. So, you know, what was it like for you to to, to come to this decision, to be a part of this, for this partnership to come together? What what made you say, yeah, man, I, I want to be aligned with this brand? I mean, when you really look at everything and you study it, um, who doesn't like a casual drink every once in a while? Who doesn't like a little beer here and there? That, that's one thing. But when you align yourself with someone, like, especially like Modelo, it was – perfect because they were they're called a fighting spirit. I was like, name name someone that calls themselves a fighting spirit. I go, that's exactly what I am, man. I felt like my whole life. Everything I've always done was always you know, it's always been a fight. And I've never quit and I've always had this, this strong spirit with me and when I actually sat down and talked with them and we actually had good conversations, I was like, dude, I really like, I vibe with you guys really well. And when we shot the commercial in Mexico, we had nothing but fun shooting. And it wouldn't even seem like I was doing any type of work. It was like, man, we're all having a great time. We all love the same music. Like, it was, it just couldn't have gotten perfect, man. This was really, this was really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy it came into my life. The, the commercial's awesome, man. I wanted to ask you about that, man, the concept. I thought it was cool. I mean, Coach James is as much a star as you are in this, man, but I but I loved it, man. I mean, knowing you guys the way I do, the, the team that you are, kind of how you guys are together, man, I, I thought it was an awesome concept for a commercial. Did you did you have say in that, or how, how did that all come together? That was all there, man. That was when we met. When we sat down and we talked, that's kind of what they said. You know what? You are what we, we are looking for. You know, we're looking for the fighting spirit. We're looking for stories that, of people who, like I said, who've had to go through crazy and trouble, you know, these ups and downs, and still come out on top. And they go, and that's you. And I was, I was honored by that. I told him, you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled. And let's get this show cracking. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder about that. It's so cool because, man, I feel like right now you're getting as much attention, as much love, you know, as much respect as ever. And, of course, you're coming off a loss. But, I mean, you know, you're getting tweeted by Halle Berry. You're in a commercial right here. I mean, has that been interesting for you to process, to, to know? I mean, I doubt you, you wanted to lose. I mean, everybody wants to win every fight. But you're getting as much respect now as, as you ever did. What, what has that experience been like for you? Uh, I feel like I've been blessed, you know, because there's a lot of people who, like you said, man, they take they take a they take a loss in their career, and they, a lot of people really, you know, the fans they they tend to forget about you, and they tend to, you know, it just tends to be a rough patch in a lot of fighters' lives. Um, but for me, I left it all in there, you know. I left it all in that cage. There's not one ounce that that I there's not that I, I hadn't I did not have one reserve on me. I threw it all out, and I gave my fans. I literally, I literally cut my heart open, and I, and I gave it to you guys. And and I feel like everyone respected me for that. They loved me for that, and that's something that I never. Like I said it was my first loss, but if there's a way I was gonna lose, I'm happy with that way. How long did it take you to get to that position? I mean, obviously, I, I saw you briefly afterwards, and I, I could tell you were disappointed. But as you said, man, it was a hell of a fight. Every, everybody was just buzzing after that, talking about what two warriors you guys were. I mean, were you able to realize that right away? That it, it, you know, it was positive, or were there down moments? I mean, how long did it take you to get to that realization? No, man, it was, it was bad for a little bit. I'll be honest, you know, I didn't watch the fight until, I want to say, maybe like a month. I was I was just kind of just sad that you know things didn't, obviously things didn't work out my way, but I I knew that there was I knew that wasn't me that night, and I was just frustrated and upset at the fact that that's the even you know given like okay you have heart you have a chin but that still wasn't me though. I'm glad that the people know that about me, but that's not the. That's not the Brian Ortega that I, that could have been in there that night, especially when, like I said, my nose broke and my hand broke. Uh, it just did not work out for me well that night, and I was upset. And then there's people close to me in my circle that I thought that were in my circle. And like I said I went through a, a lot of changing things, you know, especially with, with the team. You know, a lot of people turning their back on me, saying these these things that. I never thought people would play. So I spent a month kind of just hiding out a little bit and kind of going through my surgeries, right? I had my nose surgery, I had my hand surgery, I had to go, I had to just fix everything up. Finally, I said, you know what? Let me, let me, let me get this right. I go, let me look at the fight, let me study. It's time to, it's time to really face reality here. Let's, let's go. Let's move forward. And once I did, I saw the fight for the first time. I was not upset. I said, you know what? I did better than I thought I did in my head. All these comments that these, inner, these people in the inner circle are saying, I go, forget about it. I go, we gotta, we gotta get rid of these people already. And uh, I don't know, man. I feel like God used this this time to to help me clean out house. You know, help me clean the house out. Yeah, you know, I know you're not a kind of guy that would ever make excuses, but I did hear behind the scenes that you were you were pretty sick that night. Is that something that you're willing to? admit or discuss or, or or how were you feeling? I mean, you say you weren't yourself. I mean, was that part of it? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I. I'll admit it. Yeah, I would say, but I don't. I, I don't use it as an excuse. Nor am I saying that you know I lost because of that. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that I, I went in sick. There's there's a lot of things that happened. Even like I said, drama within the camp. 
But I went out there ready, you know, no matter what was, no matter how stacked, and I always have cards stacked against me. So no matter how the cards were stacked, I was still looking at it like I'm still going to win tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, then I felt like once the hand and nose broke, it kind of just looks like, well, this is really not going my way. But in the fifth round, I go, I'll, I'll be like, I'll be the TCD everyone knows and pull out a rabbit hat out of the hat. <laughs> I was like, I'm still going to show you guys why I'm not quitting. And unfortunately, you know, the doctor stopped it and he did his job well. But, you know, I always want to go in there and still, no matter what, <laughs> no matter how many odds, no matter what the odds are against, like, I'm going to show you guys. <laughs> and it didn't happen. You know, it didn't happen. And I was, I was upset, I'm like, I'm not, but um, I'm happy. Overall, I'm happy everything played out the way it did, you know? Like I told you, if there was one way to lose, and and usually when you lose, your stock goes down. My stock went up. That's true. What's the next move, Brian? Give us uh, what's I mean, give us the update. You know, the, the, are you back healthy yet? Are you back training full speed? What's uh, what's the next move for you? I have about six more weeks before I can finally punch again and use my nose. Or get hit in my face again, really. <laughs> <use> it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I'm looking at his division and I'm seeing Max move up. I don't know if he's going to come back down, especially if he becomes successful. Yep. Um, I have no idea with that situation yet. He's got a great fight in front of him. I'm a fan of both of them, actually, in that fight. Um, and I look at the division right now and I only see me and Aldo, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't. I see. I feel Aldo beat the guys that I didn't fight, and I beat the guys that Aldo didn't fight. And I feel like together we kind of beat the whole division. And uh, he's coming off a good two-fight win streak, and I'm coming off the really, which is my first loss, and like you said, not in a bad way. And uh, we're at the top. So if Max decides to stay, we might make it to the belt. And if he comes back down, then. We'll fight each other to fight again. I love it, man. That makes sense to me. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, if that perfect world, give us an idea. When would that happen? Whether it be for the belt, whether it be number one contender, perfect world, when does that happen? When do you think you're good enough to, to go? Let's make it L.A. Staples Center in the summer. I like it. Even better. Call, call the location and everything. Everything. Let's do it. Welcome back to the MMA Roadshow. That was Brian Ortega. I love catching up with that guy. Man, I mean, uh, I hate to hear that he, that he went through the, the depths to, to get through where he is now, but it's glad to have him back. And uh, I, I'm okay with that Aldo fight, man. I'm down with that. All right, we switched things up a little bit. We love Danny Austin. He did a phenomenal job of breaking down USC 235. We love Cole Coffey, but he was complaining over there. You know, he, he does that from time to time. So we switched it up. Oscar Willis, which, by the way, if you've been listening to the MMA Roadshow lately, I mean yeah. – He's coming for my job, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He's back. And, of course, Ant Walker is here as well, who made a recent appearance. I mean, we're, the, the, crew is, the crew is building here, man. I it's, feel it's good about this. It's feeling like Voltron right now. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so oh, that just takes me back to Mayweather for Voltron. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. All right, listen, we talked a lot about USC 235, so I, I don't really want to rehash that. But what I want to kind of bring you guys in is because, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about one championship and what they did tonight, which I thought was – brilliant on their part because I mean 
I don't think any of us has ever covered that much one championship in our lives. I may be wrong. Maybe, maybe you guys have been, you know, <laughs> hammering the one championship beat. But, um, man, getting us all to, to go there, I mean, bringing big names. Of course, Vitor was, was an amazing addition at the end. But Demetrius, Eddie Alvarez uh, being there, Misha, Rich Franklin. I have not seen Rich Franklin yeah. in person for a while, man. Is I know it, that he's how been – How good is he looking, dude? Yeah, he <laughs> looks great. He looks I, good. That was the first time I've ever seen him in person, and he looks more like Jim Carrey in person. He really does. Than, than he does Oh, those TV, old so. school comparisons are so true, man. <laughs> it, yeah, no, I haven't seen Rich in, in person in forever. And, 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 again, knowing that he's been with one championship, but it was cool to see him out there. All right, but let's, let's talk about it. Now, they were kind enough to bring us in there tonight. I thought the setup itself was beautiful, man. I thought what they did inside Extreme Couture, I mean, my, you know, Oscar works out there. My kid works out there. Uh, we're in there a lot. It was funny. I walked into the front door. I was checking in at the front desk, and I was like, hey, uh, where, are they, uh, where are they setting up at tonight? And he was like, you didn't look in the window yet, did you? I'm like, no. Nah. I looked in. I'm like, holy shit. They yeah. got a whole set in there, man. They had built everything. They, I thought they did a phenomenal job. Um, pretty good turnout, man. Media yeah. turnout was strong. I, I'll admit, I don't know who all the media people were, but media turnout was strong. Fan turnout was pretty good. I was a little worried because if you've ever been to Extreme Couture, the parking there sucks. Like, even if you're just going there to work out, it's hard to find a place to park. So I was kind of worried that people were just going to give up and leave. Um, but overall, man, I, I thought it was uh, just the turnout. Everything was impressive. Now, it was a little bit labored, right? I mean, uh, and, and, you know what? And I can't blame. It's their first foray into the United States. They're trying to do big, man. They're trying to go strong. But they did, you know, they had like a, a, an intro at the beginning. And, and then they had uh, an open workout, and then they had a Q&A, and then they had scrums. And next thing you know, it's like two hours. I mean, um, you know, hey, my kid was there. and You know, he, he, my kid loves fighting. He wanted to, you know, see some open workouts, take some pictures. But, you know, next thing you know, you're a fan. And you've been there for two hours, and it's kind of the evening time. And it, I, I, it kind of drug on a little bit. So, I don't know. I just want to kind of get your guys' impressions overall because I, I, I thought this thing was a really positive thing. And I thought, it was, I thought it was brilliant. Like, honestly, I think I was talking to Danny earlier today, like, I don't see why, like, for instance, the UFC is going to Atlanta, right? The, the Lima brothers train in Atlanta. Like, why not just do yeah. a gym day there and bring some of your Bellator fighters? Like, you know a, a bunch of people are going to be there for the UFC. Hell with it, man. Have no shame. Just piggyback. I mean, maybe it looks like the maybe it looks like a, a, a chicken kind of move or a cheap kind of move. But, dude, if it gets you the results you want, like, I think you should do it. So I thought the move was good. I thought the execution – Maybe could have been better. Did you do the L.A. one also? I didn't do the L.A. Okay, one. Okay, we didn't. We, yeah, we had, I, I we didn't had do that one either. You, oh, you didn't do it either? No, no. Okay. I considered it, but I didn't want to take the time off from, from my day job. Uh, okay. So yeah. what did you guys give, – give me your impressions uh, of tonight. I do think I do think it was a good move. I mean, you're going to – if you are in the mixed martial arts business and you are not the UFC, you have to piggyback off the UFC. No matter what, like it or not, they are the, the brand standard. They are the ones who set the tone yep. for the sport itself. So when there is a big event in town and you've got some fighters that you think can bring a little electricity to your brand, you just got to go ahead and do it. You got to do it while those people are there. There, there are not many other times where there's going to be that much media around. There's not going to be that many fans around other than when the UFC is there. So yep. that that's the time to strike. I 100% agree. So let's if we talk about their hits, what they got today, great turnout. I thought the fans. Extreme Couture is not exactly in the middle of Vegas either. It's you know, not, it's 20 yeah. minutes away from the strip, and if you're here for the fights, you got to travel. I thought they had a great turnout, far more than I was expecting. You know, they made the fighters accessible. I haven't really seen fighters at, like, table signing stuff, but that's really good for fans. You know, that'll that's keep them. That's what the USC that, used that's, to yeah, do. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's throwback school. to MMA. That's old school. But, boys, I, th I think we would be wrong if we didn't discuss 
the biggest takeaway from this. The MC was the most enthusiastic man to have ever lived on this planet. <laughs> and I'm so sorry that I can't remember his name because he does their he like he's their broadcaster. And he works with Chavello, and I'm so sorry that I can't remember his name. Right. But yes, he loves his job. <laughs> My goodness, even I will, dude. Have you guys seen the schmo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, the schmo is a guy that used to work for USA Today Sports at some point. I think he's on his own now. The schmo at one point even came up to me <laughs> and was like, "Man, I thought I had energy." Like that, <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that dude has energy. And I apologize because, and I talked to him before the thing started. And he was super nice. He kind of explained to me how everything was going to lay out because I was trying to figure out how things were going to work. And so he's a super nice guy. But yes, I at some point I was like, "Bro." Take, like, chill take, out, bro. Take it down a notch. Like, even, good. It was so good. funny. Even before the whole thing began, when he was testing, he was doing the sound check, he was just as hyped up. Yeah. All he needed to do <laughs> was take maybe, oh, I don't know, 70, 80% down. And oh. be <laughs> but, no, I, what I do think as well, and th I think this is a valid criticism, like, I think in the day and age, I understand why they want to make their big impact. They want to come out here and be like, this is why you need to watch us. We're not some small rinky-dink promotion. We're actually a big deal. But... I don't really understand the value in standing up there and being like, we are the biggest MMA promotion in Asia. We are seen by 4.7 billion people worldwide. You know what it is? It's interesting, right? Because in, 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 uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to go over Asia a lot of times, and you do realize like a Western company coming trying to do business in the East doesn't always work. And I think that was almost a little tone deaf on their part. Yeah. Like They were bringing their Eastern business philosophy and coming yeah. over to the West, and it was like, bro, you do you don't have to do this. Like even the fans. I mean, do you think the fans want to sit there and watch they, they and listen to a media Q and A? No, the fans. Yeah. They want to get their. Well, they want to get their photos. They want to get their their autographs. They want to talk to. They don't want to hear a media Q and A. And it was funny because like, I, I don't know. Like I, I didn't even ask any questions and. and I didn't even ask. I, mean, I, I ended up answering a question from Vitor Belfort. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you were like the last half of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, yeah, I didn't even ask questions because I was like, dude, let's just get through this so the fans can get their pictures and we can get our scrums, you know. And, and maybe hopefully I, I wasn't rude by doing that, but that was kind of my philosophy. But I appreciate what they do, but I, I believe that they, they need to tweak things a little bit. All right, let's talk about the, the signing of Vitor Belfort because, it, uh, first of all, I want to say this. I have loved every signing they've made, and I like this signing too for I them, agree. man. I mean, dude, uh, bringing on Misha Tate, brilliant. Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez, Vitor Belfort. I think it's a smart signing. I think I it's a really agree. smart signing. Um, but here's what I ask, because I thought, you know, Vitor, at one point on the stage, he made this impassioned in, in kind of plea about the state of mixed martial arts. And I think it's not far off from what we started talking with Danny earlier is that, you know, it is more, like – I remember a time when I hated the comparisons to the WWE because I was yeah. like, no, this is real, this is real. And he was like, dude, this is getting like WWE. And I don't disagree with him. Like, I know you work for the Mac Life, sir, and no offense to your your your, your boss who uh, <laughs> has facilitated much of this. He's a master at it. I mean, there's no question about it. But it is kind of this entertainment era or whatever. But here's what I find interesting. So, you know, Vitor's like, dude, we got to get away from this. We got to get away from this. And I agree with that to uh, a point, but at the same time, your boss has generated a lot of money and a lot of pay-per-views. And I just wonder, like, is that philosophy, like, well-guided or is it silly to be like, dude, we, we can't get away from this? Well, two I words, value proposition. <laughs> the, the two most important words, and I'm still trying to figure out what it means. 
Um, <laughs> I think I, I think there is a, a middle ground you to be had. You need to go to Harvard Business School, sir. Uh, yeah, I know. Hey. I, I mean, Harvard Business School built one championship, apparently. <laughs> um, one thing for sure, I mean, Vidor is going to Vidor. He's still very much himself and just as happy to be Vidor and the young lion or the old dinosaur, whichever nickname he's, he's going by right now. But, but I think there's, there is a, definitely a middle ground to be had. No matter what, no matter how much we want to talk about martial arts as a respect culture, as something to breed discipline and honor in people, which it definitely does, but we're still talking about sports entertainment. Yeah. And a lot of times respect isn't entertaining uh, to people. Well, you also Cold coffee chairman. Mitch Chilson is the gentleman's name, by the way. Wait, so Thank you very much. Kudos to you, Mitch Chilson. You did a phenomenal job. But you can tone it down just, um. just a touch. But no, you're right. I think you're dead. And I'll let you come. But I think you're dead on. There's there's a middle ground, right? There's somewhere in between. It's 100 percent a middle ground. But it's also like what behavior gets rewarded, you know? And that's what amplifies, right? If I behave like this and this is my reward, I'll behave like that even more next time, right? And that's, you know, it's funny. Vito says about it's becoming WWE on the same day Colby shows up with his megaphone, his title. Which Fair. I have to be like, yeah. Which we all said yeah. we didn't yeah. necessarily hate. But, but yeah. hey, but, but, we but understand the, the, how ne necessary it yeah. was for him to do what that. Do you, what you do gets rewarded, right? And right. then it, you, you give the positive feedback to that, and that's what it's... Yeah, I, think, I think in the scrum, Vitor said something pretty good where, where we, where we kind of pushed him on that a little bit. And he said, listen, um, I'm not saying that you, know, that you can't have a Conor McGregor but you can only have one Conor McGregor. I agree with that. You, you don't have to. And, and it does kind of remind me of like the Chael Sonnen era where, you know, everybody started trying to mimic Chael Sonnen, and now I feel like it's everybody trying to mimic Conor McGregor. And I think what, what he says, right, so if, if that's the philosophy, I think I'm okay with that. Like, not like if you have a Conor McGregor, then go full Conor McGregor, but don't tell everybody else yeah. to go full uh, Conor McGregor. Also, I will say this about, like, Vito had a point, like, oh, you know, we want to get back to the days of honor and stuff like that. But then a part of this entertainment era is also like the weird matchups they do, and then he's pinch he's pitching a boxing match with Roy Jones Jr. Like, okay, it's not the same as like you know there's still respect in that, but it's like well, it's all hand in hand, right? You right. know, you get you create the entertainment era because people are talking shit, and then to capitalize off that, you go well, what's this matchup and this match gonna look like? You know, so sort of a little bit of hypocritical there. What did you guys think about Demetrius Johnson? I, I, first of all, I found it kind of interesting. You know, they had everybody on stage, right? So they had, uh, you know, five five people up on stage. You had Rich Franklin, Misha Tate. You had Demetrius. You had Eddie. Uh, and you had Vitor as well. First of all, DJ got the least amount of questions Thank again, you. which I was like, ah, it never it never changes. Um, but it was interesting. Uh, you know, the scrum, I thought, his, his attitude, man, he was very upbeat. Uh, you know, he did kind of laugh at the fact that I was like, dude, I thought you hated media. Now you're doing more media than ever. Um you know, he talked about flyaways. So, I mean, d dealing with Demetrius, what do you think? Because I did feel like there's definitely a different energy about him right now. I mean, I yeah, think he definitely absolutely. feels way more at home, way happier. But, I don't know, it, it, being around Demetrius, what do you think? I, I thought that he definitely seemed a lot more at ease than, than when we last saw him at, at uh, UFC 227. I remember I was standing there with you when he said, he said, hey, I want to collect all the belts. I want to go to 1FC and do, and, and, and do what I do over there. And we all really laughed. I remember, <laughs> I remember talking to you like right after that, and just like, yeah, right. And we all chuckled like that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. But but now it's there. Look but at the we, foreshadowing. It was right thing, there. It was yeah. right there. And like one thing that we all kept saying, um, at, you know, all the media guys getting together during that that whole fight week was that he just clearly did not want to be there. He he was he seemed so disinterested so in everything going on as far as the UFC machine. You know, I, I tried to um, – Danny and I were in a scrum with him, and it was just – I mean, it was like pulling teeth. 
until we started talking about video games. He just didn't want to open up at all. Yeah. But but this time he was he was so open to talking about mixed martial arts, to talking about fighting yes. that, that we hadn't seen it. And I think to to see a guy as great as him feel appreciated, feel comfortable. And, and it's not like he has a wooden personality. The guy no. is the guy is charismatic. He has a lot of personality. He just doesn't choose to show well, it all the time. You know what? Maybe that was it. Today, not that – because off-camera, look, he but, drops F-bombs so, and all that was, stuff. Yeah. But I did feel like it was closer to him today. Is to, that, is that to, what it to was? To the words out of my mouth. Like, so there's, listeners are going to be probably like, well, fuck, why don't we get, get to see it? But there are a lot of fighters who are not who you see them on a camera. When the camera's on, they're a bit more Stupid. stiff. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> but like, there's a lot of people where you're like, damn, if that guy, Cejudo until recently, like, yes. there's a lot of people who's like, well, if that guy showed up on camera, they'd be a lot more popular. And for a long time, I think everyone in the media is like, oh, Demetrius off camera is a different guy than the one on camera. Yep. And today, like you said, he's not full Demetrius off camera, but he was definitely like chilled and way more. more close to like who I think he is. And I found it interesting as well during the scrum, he was essentially said like, I was always ending up here. Yeah. You know, like no matter if I was winning in the UFC, I wanted to come here. So... I think because of that, you get an insight into his attitude. Like, he wanted to go here. He's here. He's chill. He's happy. There's not this, like, pressure of, I have to promote I have to promote this, th my division. I have to promote my fights. He's like, hey, I'm here to fight. And, he, and he's very specifically cited that he is not trying to promote a pay-per-view. Like, right. that is like, hey, th they've got TV deals. People will watch. Yep. So he's just there to fight. An yeah. average of $20 million. Yes. Uh, Did you know uh, that? 20, coming uh, coming from 700,000. Think of the growth, John. Think of the growth. <laughs> I mean, that is exponential growth like we've never seen before. That is inside. It's joke almost unbelievable. If you watch, if you watch the stream, <laughs> though, this this fact got repeated yeah, like yeah. seven times. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you know, I just before I forget, I just got to say this: like, as far as as Mitch's hyperbolic statements uh, on on the, on the uh, at the event, um, maybe if you had one or the other we'd be willing to accept it more. If you're, not, if you're saying the hyperbolic statements in, in a calmer, more monotone voice that sounds more business-like, right. all right, cool. Um, but if you're, you're making, you're just saying, you know, fun stuff, but it's not all these outrageous claims, but you say it in an outrageous way, we'll accept it. But you can't have both, I, it, I But if think. you didn't have both, then you wouldn't have had the fun facts that he popped out with while they were uh, working out halfway through. If you knew the facts, you would have won a T-shirt. I knew the facts, but, you know, since I had a credential on, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll let the fans keep the T-shirts. All right, here's the uh, – so at the end of the day, they made it pretty clear that they, they, they're they going to try to host events here in the United States, right? I mean, yeah. Rich Franklin hinted at it. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing this BR Live app. Um, and I guess maybe that takes away the question that I wanted to ask if Rich Franklin had actually been available because I do wonder, like, at the end of the day, I, I, I love what they stand for. I actually do really – I love what they I, stand I agree, for. I like, agree. Traditional mm -hmm. martial arts. I love the fact that they do, like – an MMA fight and then a kickboxing fight and yeah. the way like that's that's fun it's cool it's different because look if all you're trying to do is copy the UFC like you're gonna fail so yeah. so make sure you carve out a little bit different niche I like what they do this is a big world with a lot of markets out there and a lot of athletes I, I love what they do but it did always make me wonder like what in the he I mean how do you make people interested in watching foreign fighters at 6 a.m. in the morning on a Friday or Saturday because you know they, they do Friday and Saturday events how, how do you make people interested and and that always did make me curious but uh you know because these these free agent signings are awesome but how do they get their money back but i think my 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 question got kind of answered it, it seems very apparent that they want to make inroads in the u.s market i think i get the impression as well based on essentially what every single fighter had to say i think they're not pushing 
the brand as like the UFC, you know, the UFC pushes UFC, the three letters. I get the sense that one are going to be, at least in this country, heavily pushing the, we are the alternative to the trash talk. We are the place in the market where you can come for your traditional martial arts because there's a lot of people crying for that. They want back that sense of tradition right. and stuff like that. Whether those people end up parting with their money is a different story, but I think one is going to push the narrative of we are the alternative like, Boy, that's but, funny when you say when you when you when you will they depart with their money? That's so true because like I love MMA, dude. I love this sport. Like, like I I I watch more MMA than is healthy for a human being. <laughs> but man, if I had to if I had to push out my money for it, man, you kind of like those grudge matches, right? You get a little more selective then. Like you you care less about the sporting integrity a lot of times when that money's on the line because we just no matter what. We want to see some weird shit, mm -hmm. it, and it's it's just something about human beings. We got to see some weird, some crazy shit. But I do. I, I one phrase that came to mind, or one saying that came to mind at that press conference while while Oscar was talking, he said, uh, I think Vitor Belford said that uh, mixed martial arts is a family sport, and in reality, <laughs> no, it is not. It is not. <laughs> but if that's the direction that you're going in, I mean, that is sort of a a, a niche market that well, you might. You might have some success. I'm not even saying that that's going to remotely come close to the level of success that the UFC has had. But it's but, but, but it's something. But it is true. But like like for instance, I like I love going to watch my son train jujitsu. So like martial arts, it is interesting, right? Like martial arts as a whole. Well, my life's weird. Yeah, his life's weird. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not a normal family. No, I, 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 it's, I, I, it's my family's. No, I think you're right. Yeah. How do you take kids to go do karate and wrestling stuff? I think martial arts. But not necessarily. Maybe not full call. Here's here's where I'm. I'm I kind of have uh, a little bit more of a sympathetic stance for for that that mentality. Um, and I know you were there. I was not a media member at the time, but uh, UFC 184, Ronda Rousey fought Kat Zingano in, in the main event in yeah. Los Angeles. I have never seen so many young kids. And if I specifically young girls, absolutely, and you know, at the weigh-ins, how many phenomenon. girls were there in their geese? Yeah, the Ronda phenomenon was amazing. Exactly. So if you have the right names there, there is at least some sort of way that you can rope in younger fans. You can rope in people as a family. Of course, the sport itself is very brutal, and that's going to turn off certain families right off the bat. But if you've got a, a family that's a not quite the the Brady bunch. Maybe, just maybe, you can get their eyeballs. All right, that's the Morgan family. All right, uh, last thing I want to ask you guys about Eddie Alvarez because I feel like uh, we saw Eddie Alvarez uh, unhinged today. Well, unhinged sounds like crazy. That's not what I meant. Uh, uh, unfiltered. Unfiltered. There you go. That's the one I was looking for. I mean, I feel like Eddie Alvarez, especially towards the tail end of that, and, and, I, and I'm going to play the audio. So I'm going to tease the audio because we're going to play that in just a second uh, so you'll get to hear it. Um, but give me your guys the, your, your, your thoughts on it because – you know, dude, he, I thought he went in hard. I mean, you know, uh, you know, addressing the, the Tony Ferguson situation, which, which look, I'm, I'm looking forward to this press conference tomorrow, which, which, which we're going to get to see, uh, you know, Holloway and Poirier. But, like, I, I definitely plan on asking Dana, and I, I don't expect to get the greatest answer in a press conference. But, I mean, I can't wait for Holloway and Poirier. Like, that fight is sick. <laughs> can't wait. But how the hell are we having a, an interim title fight Without Tony Fer or a title fight of any kind without Tony Ferguson, but I also understand Tony Ferguson's point of view. Like I was already the interim champ, and now you want me to fight for the interim title again? Like you're not even calling this a title defense. Like I gotta go fight for it again. And I thought Eddie Alvarez, you know, addressed that situation perfectly. And then he talked about he's like, 
hey, listen, man, there's billions being made. You you got to share some of this with us, and and and, and you know, just address a lot of things. So listen, like things are shifting, and I think when he said things are shifting, it didn't just mean things are shifting to one. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, no. I thought what he meant is things are shifting in terms of fighters realizing that look, I have value as a as a fighter, as a person, as a commodity. And I need to test it on the open market. So I don't know. I I want to hear what you guys thought because I thought, you know, it was you know only six seven minutes, but but but, but Eddie was fired up. Eddie Alvarez is echoing some things that I think we've all kind of been saying for a little while now. One one thing I've always I've I've been saying for a minute now. Conor McGregor is an is an agent of change. Since he came around, people are talking back. They are demanding more of a cut. And this is just the continuation of that. Yep. Yeah, this this is just continuing down that path. Like these guys are not they're they're seeing, okay, this organization sold for four point two billion. I think the final estimation was five billion once the Fertita sold the their remaining stake back. So, so you've got billions of dollars being uh, transacted on their backs. Somebody is going to be upset. Somebody wants a cut of it. And this is it at some point. There's the day of reckoning. It 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 can't continue uh, forever. Yeah, but the way I, it has. I I think I think Eddie Alvarez is right. There is a shift in the mindset. I don't know if that necessarily translates to a shift in the behavior of the fighters because, like, how many times has their union been started or nearly started? Like, they won't even sign their it's, project spearhead cards. But it starts it, somewhere. Of course, it starts somewhere. And and but I, I when I when I heard the figure of the sale, the 4.2 billion figure, I thought, well, surely to God they're gonna be fighters are going to be furious now they're going to demand more and they sort of did and then, and then they pull back you know and it happens and I think Eddie Alvarez is right there's a shift in mentality but so far what a lot of people have reached out to one and him to be like oh they pay us more there I don't see many people saying I want out of the UFC because I can get more money elsewhere you know it's it's tough it's a tough thing so I think there's a, a it'll it'll happen eventually but I think we're a way away we might be a way away, but it, it has to start somewhere. This sport is so young. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, what, um, on the, the 25th year yeah. uh, of the UFC or 26th year of the UFC? Like, things will change at some point, but it has to start somewhere. I think I think when we look back on this, this era, it, it, we're going to see that this is uh, an era of metamorphosis. This is not going to be the UFC that we recognize yeah, well, I think this 10 is a, years from now. This is like an era of overcorrection, right? So they so they paid a lot of money to buy this company. They, they want to make that back as quickly as they possibly can and start turning a profit. So I think this era of like super fights and double champions and stuff is like just an overcorrection of that like, fuck, we need to get mm-hmm. We got to the biggest, yeah. biggest hits we can get yeah, right it, now. It, it, all, like everything, everything they book now is like short-term thinking. Like, like that's why Dar- Darren Till and Israel get title shots yeah. so fast. Like it's all short-term thing. The build stars m- make money back. So I think in about five years it'll sort of taper off, and then like fans will start getting bored of it. Like you know, if you if you get like ten double champions in two years or something, fans are gonna be like, well, fuck double champions, and then it's gonna start going back to create. Hopefully, that's yeah. all. That's all with the caveat. Like I hope that's the case. So, but that's my prediction. All right. Well, listen. Uh, you know, like I said, we started this this thing late. Fighters are, are getting on the scale in about twenty minutes. Uh, at this point, so official weigh-ins are about to start. Okay. Uh, so listen, uh, we don't normally like to end on an interview, but uh, I want—I do want this Eddie Alvarez uh, audio to, to be heard. Uh, but Cold Coffee is going to start killing people in here in a second because he's got to edit this thing after it's done, and, <laughs> and we don't want that to happen. So what we're going to do is say that, hey, if you want to listen to Eddie Alvarez and hear him uh, come a little bit unhinged, but maybe drop some truth. He says, listen, man, 
people need to start listening, then, then stay tuned for another few minutes. If not, then uh, either way, we appreciate it, and thanks for listening. Eddie, we can't help but ask. You're not looking at quite 155 these days. <laughs> you're, looking, you're looking pretty big right now, man. You know what you're walking around at? And is, is it going to be? I mean, are you packing on muscle right now? No, so um, it's hydrated weigh-in. So you guys are used to seeing me kind of thinned out. Um, but we're, we're five weeks away from a fight. This is, norm is kind of normally what I look like walking around. And over. You guys are used to seeing me the week of the fight from where I'm uh, cutting water and, and doing all that. So, um... No, this is my normal. It's my normal walk around. You know, I'm, I'm a meaty. I'm a meaty dude, and uh, I, when I'm walking around, I'm usually I can get as high as 191, something like that. But right now, in the mornings, about 78, 79. Nice. What's the experience been like for you? I know you haven't actually competed yet, but uh, you know you've certainly been a part of this organization quite a bit already. So what, what's the experience been like for you? I have, and um, I've already went over and visited twice. I went to the Singapore live show. I went to. Uh, I, I visited Tokyo. Um, um, and that that was a huge uh, homecoming and welcoming because I, I fought in Tokyo in 2006, 2006. Damn. So I fought in this arena that we're about to fight in for the Grand Prix. I fought there 13 years ago, my first time I ever been to Tokyo. They handed me 11,000 bucks cash, and I was happy as can be. <laughs> so. Um, so it's it's it, we've came we've came a long way. I'm excited. How are you? Ex uh, you know, what's the excitement level of potentially fighting Shinya Aoki again? Because you guys have a rivalry, obviously, dating back to Dream. I, eh, it is. I have trouble talking about that because I, I I personally don't feel like he's gonna win against Edward Fuliang. I think it's a good style matchup for Edward, and um, he's already beaten him. So I don't want to speak about someone who is not going to be champion or I don't feel is going to be champion. Well, if he's champion, then we can talk. But for right now, he's just a contender. And I, I want to keep my eye on Timothy, my next opponent, and um, not on, you know, contenders. I, I'm my eyes on the belt. you fought for other brands before, but I wonder, is it, I mean, when you say you fight for the UFC, like that's the big brand, everybody knows it. When you say you fight for Bellator, when you say you fight for one championship, you might have to explain it a little bit. Is that tough or frustrating for you, a guy with your experience level? To, to maybe have to explain to people where you're at? No, because this has been my journey throughout the whole thing. I, I'm a guy who fought for um, Dream. Dream wasn't the most popular the popular place. I fought for Bellator. wasn't the most popular place when I started there. I was never concerned about the stage that I fought on. I just wanted to put on good fights and have whatever fans, my hardcore fans who understood fighting, that they knew I dumped my heart and soul into it, that they would follow me no matter what stage. didn't matter what the three letters were. If I was fighting on a stage that they would tune in and watch me so um i don't expect any different of behavior me going to one championship um a real fan of fighting will follow a fighter anywhere and i believe that and um we've we've already proven it how many fighters have reached out to you just seeing the move you've made especially with the timing of what's happening in the lightweight division in the ufc not just me but to one championship alone yeah. hundreds yeah, you, you guys are gonna I'm not, and I don't want to sound like, oh, he joined one, and now he's, uh, now he's about one. It's not about that. There's a serious shift going on, and no one's allowed to talk about this shift. And let's keep it quiet. And hey, what do you think I, what do you think I can get here? And how much do you think I can get? There's a shift. There's a serious shift going on in MMA. People are starting to understand that. The money is being shared a little bit better than what it's always been, and that in order to do that, you got to test free agency, you got to have a little bit of carriage, and if you do that, you'll be rewarded. And um, 
Guys are doing it now more than ever. Is it, is it a money thing, or is it the fact that the UFC are perhaps, you know, it's becoming the entertainment era, right? There's in-rim belts all the time, there's sort of super fights all the time. Is it that that's upsetting fights, do you think, or is it just a money situation? I, I honestly think it's a little bit of both, right? I talk, I, I'm embedded in the underground and the fans, right? What do I hear about fans? Hey, I don't know anybody on this card. This card's coming up, I have no one. I have no emotional interest in this next card. I don't care who's on it, I'm not watching it. Like, uh, that's not good, it's not good. I'm a fan of fighting. I watch the UFC, I watch Bellator, I watch everything. I hear what people are saying, you know? And um, when I went to Singapore, I sincerely seen something special. It felt like, it felt like when I first watched Pride. And I went, holy shit. This feels right. This feels like the production feels right. The beat of the drum throughout the whole single fight. Boom, boom. It's it's something special, and you're not going to be able to experience unless you take the trip there live, or when they come here, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You were in the Phillies hat. I got to ask Bryce Harper. Oh, huge deal, huh? Do you think it's too much, a little restrictive, uh, you know, if you're the Phillies? No such thing as too much for an athlete. You're never <laughs> going to hear me saying athletes get too much money. You're not going to hear that out of my, my mouth. What's the biggest consider besides, you know, the monetary compensation? Because that's a lot of travel. That's a rigorous schedule. What's the what? I'm sorry. The biggest incentive besides, you know, their pay. For me personally, everybody's gonna have their own incentives, but yeah, money, we're prize fighters. I wanna, I wanna make a lot of money while I do this. I've taken a lot of beatings. Uh, I've, I've been in a number of fights, and I already feel, I'm, I'm an I'm a advocate for fighters. I already feel like we're all severely underpaid. So everybody needs to get paid more, and everything, every promoter needs to share more. People are making billions now, it's not the same. Shouldn't be win and show, and here's your 10 and 10, and it's bullshit, you know? You're making billions. You have to share. Um, not only that, my incentive personally is um, I've had the Bellator title a number of times, a couple times. I've went to the UFC. Um, people told me, hey, you can't make it in the big show or you can't beat these guys. Proven. Uh, it's not about being popular. It's about being a good fighter. Did neither one have anything to do with each other? You could be popular, but the best fighters in the world are unknown. They're in the jungles of Brazil. They're in the foothills of Dagestan. You don't know them. I've been in gyms where I got my ass whooped by these guys. Got my fucking ass handed to me. And I said, how do you pronounce that guy's name? <laughs> so they're everywhere. They're all over the world. It's not about it's not about the stage or, or the UFC, MFC, whatever FC. It's not about the stage. It's about the fighters. Great fighters are everywhere. But Eddie, I'm sorry to interrupt. I heard you say the other day that you weren't a big fan of interim belts and stuff, but what fighters be paid more? Do fighters not get more money when they have an interim belt? Do they not get the champions paid if you come? From my personal understanding, and it's going to be argued because nobody knows. Nobody knows, right? And say, oh, that's, that's BS. You know what he's talking about. From what I know, every, every situation I've been in, it's a substitution and I'll pay more. If I, if I know a guy has an ego, he's a little bit insecure, most fighters are, and uh, I don't want to pay him, I say, hey, what do you think about a world title, buddy? And a young kid who don't know anything goes, oh my God, I'm, I could be UFC champion? Or I can be Bellator champion? Or I could be champion? And then they go, then they, their mind gets clouded. They don't even care about money anymore. They don't even think about money. You know, it's, it's we, we all need to wake up. Fighters included, media fans, everyone needs to wake up and go, 
bullshit. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. We all know it is. Everybody peets around and doesn't whispers bullshit, but it, we need to call bullshit. We need to say, just pay the guy. Just pay him money. Do something for him besides a ranking, besides a, 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 a belt that you're going to strip him of in two months. Do something for him monetarily besides, you know, besides all these other things that equal no value. Thank you. When you see Tony Ferguson turning down into Tony Ferguson, could you imagine? Could you imagine? That's the saddest story. Hey, you got an intern belt. Hey, you want another intern shot? Are you kidding me? Are you guys kidding me? No one's talking about this. Two intern shots without a real title? It's an absolute joke. It's a joke. It's this is it's gone too far, and as someone is something needs to be said. And I'm glad for Tony. What he do? He flipped in the bird and said, "Not happening." I want the real. I want the real belt, and he deserves it. You know, he deserves the shot. So, it's good that fighters are speaking up now and saying things. You know.